work right now. Looking into the end zone. Okay, I, I stand corrected. There's his best throw in this young career. Wow. He put it out there for Burnham to go get it, and he did. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of All Canadian. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill here. CFL Week 1 action is officially over. We have kicked off the CFL season, and it feels so good. And uh, Nathan Rourke looked damn good, too. Oh, we are going to get to that. But let's just talk about this. A rookie Canadian quarterback starting week one in the CFL. Tell me how many times you've heard that before. Not in my lifetime. No. But on top of that, it was the same kind of situation as Justin Herbert starting for the Chargers week one of last year, where all of a sudden Tyrod Taylor at the coin toss is like, yo, guys, I can't do this. And the coaches are like, all right, well, let's throw in the rookie. He did damn well. I know they lost. Same as Justin Herbert, actually, with the Chargers. They lost, too. But, like, when you look at it as a whole, where he didn't really know he was going to be playing and then thrown in last minute, I, I'm so impressed by this kid. Oh, and man. we are going to talk about this extensively. After we get through news and notes, I know Ray Perkins was uh, asking for it. Marshall said, make it the whole, make episode. It the whole episode. I said if he scored a <laughs> couple, couple touchdowns, so... We are going to make it the whole episode, but we have to still do our normal due diligence and let you guys know what's going on, what we think, and how our week fared for everyone, especially Connor's uh, oh, rough Brutal. Start. Just brutal. Not great. Real tough week in week one. 0 and 4, man. I went 0 and 4 on the spread picks, on the covers, but we did hit the Shaq Evans prop over the three and a half catch mark. And we did hit the Brian Burnham prop with over 86 and a half yards. Happy about that, but uh, not so much about Connor's covers this week. 0-4 is a real tough start. So Especially, you had the unfortunate circumstance with Braylon Addison, too, where he was listed as questionable all week. You thought, you know what, maybe he'll go. This prop's good if he does. And then he just didn't end up going. So you lost on that one, but... Nothing you can do about that. It was a bad pick. It was a risky move, and I knew it was coming my way. And you gambled. And that's the whole point, is you gambled. And people that have been complaining about Michael Riley and his uh, his situation from the week, I mean, he was listed as questionable all week. If you wanted to take player props or bet on the BC-Saskatchewan game based on whether or not Michael Riley was going to play, you gambled. You did what exactly you are supposed to do. You put money on a risky proposition with a chance to win more money. I mean, he still threw for some good yards in the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, did um, he ever. But, uh, no, I mean, you gambled. We'll rebound. As always, it just kind of puts you in a hole off the hop. But, I mean, going 2-5 uh, and five to start, you got a, you got a long ways to go to get back to your 60%. Oh, long climb. I'm confident, though. I'm takes feeling one good. good feeling it takes one good week. Just I'll, need one of those big 4-0 runs like I had during the NFL season last year. It was a weird week. Like, I'm, like as mad as I might be that I went 0-4, like, it was just such a weird week of, of getting back into Canadian football. And, like, there was flashes, but as a whole, and we'll get into this further, but I don't know if the league looked all that great in terms of fluidity, it was so much fun to see, and the you know the broadcast looked good, in everything in terms of that standpoint. But just like the the quality of football being played, I think the best is yet to come. Obviously, it's been oh, two yeah, years yeah. off, and we're in week one here. So the uh, Connors covers were hurting, absolutely hurting. 
Something that was not hurting, though, was that nice Sada City beer you were able to drink during the game to ease the sting of you losing bet after bet over the weekend. And that's just a great reminder that Sada City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This August, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code for kickoff. Use all caps CFL during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only, must be of legal drinking age. And as we are returning to the field, crowds are noisy, especially that Mosaic Stadium crowd. That was nice and loud. But if you want to be heard on the field, why not try out the Fox 40 Sonic Blast CMG with 120 decibels of sound power. The Sonic Blast can be heard even over the loudest crowds of that Mosaic Stadium. Shop now at fox40shop.com. And while you're there, use the code CFP at checkout for 15% off. Let's move through some news and notes. Uh, Thoughts from the weekend as well. We'll get into that before we bring you guys our Nathan Rourke talk. So we're going to zip through this uh, quickly. Our SAC U Sports Conference based out of Quebec is the first conference to mandate vaccinations for all student athletes. As we look at the situation in the South, it's not getting any better because people remain unvaccinated and that number as low as we can get it of unvaccinated people is going to make the world of a difference whether we see a fourth wave in Canada or not. We're already seeing the numbers in Toronto starting to spike. And just a reminder, you keep saying, oh, well, these variants are more contagious. Yes, variants can only grow if it's untreated in a body. So if you don't have a vaccine and you contract COVID, you have a high risk factor for that to develop as a new variant. Okay, so the whole point of the vaccines is to keep everyone as safe as possible. And with U-Sports not having rapid tests available or the significant number of tests that the CFL, the NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB have all been gifted and purchased, we need our student athletes to be vaccinated so we can get university athletics this year in Canada. And I believe a number of OUA schools have been doing this as well. Not the league as a whole, but schools individually have been saying, if you want to be on the field, you must be vaccinated. I know Ottawa is part of that. I believe Ottawa, U of T Toronto, is as well. Brock is another one that I know for certain. Um, but I think once, now that we see RSAC go into it, OUA, AUS, Can West will follow to keep their players safe because that's a lot of liability. It is. I know we said last year at this point we didn't have a vaccine sign a waiver, but it's so much more than that now. You need a vaccine because you can go to classes, a dorm, uh, a bar, and if you're intermixing and have COVID, you're going to go see other teams, therapists, coaching staff, study halls. Like you You can expose yourself to so many more people, so why not protect yourself and protect your team? Next up, Sir Vincent Rogers' COVID protocol. Yeah, he has entered COVID protocol. I don't know. I mean, this is this is obviously a loss for the Edmonton Elks, who you know brought him in to take over one of these, take over one of these kind of starting roles along their offensive line. He's going to be in COVID protocol. There's nothing we can really say or do. We're just kind of waiting for him to come out. We're waiting to see what the test results are going to be. So 
obviously if you're Edmonton, you want him along your your offensive line, but COVID protocol can't do anything about it. He's got to sit out now, so wait and see with with Sir V here. And people were very excited to watch the CFL. Uh, we got our viewership numbers in from the weekend. Huge. Some Not great only numbers. did they have a packed stadium, but the start of Nathan Rourke with the BC Lions facing off against the Rough Riders drew 765,000 television viewers. Then we go to the season kickoff, which had 638,000. Ottawa and M- Edmonton, that late night game. I was watching until 1 in the morning. Oh, you uh, know I was. They were 342,000. And Toronto and Calgary, the uh, afternoon, evening game on the Saturday. That one ended up at 318,000. So uh, I really like the numbers. It's about 1% growth, I think, compared to what we ended with in 2019. And at a time where television numbers are starting to drop, to have the league balance off where it was and be slightly above, it's a great platform to build on. Yeah, people are excited that CFL football is back, and it is evident, especially through these numbers. I am excited that CFL football is back. And like you said, I was absolutely up until 1 a.m. watching that Ottawa-Edmonton game. Um, I don't want to talk about it right now. We'll get there. Wade's going to force me to talk about it later on. But it's just nice to see numbers like this for CFL football. You can tell that the people – you can tell people are excited about it, people care about it, people want to be watching CFL football. And even a lot of my friends were texting me over the weekend saying, hey, man, like I'm getting into CFL football this summer. I really want to watch it. I really want to dive into it. So – a lot of new viewers as well, which is nice to see. And I can 110% contribute to one of the bars uh, that go into this rating because I went out to the brewery in Brockville with uh, my brother and a couple of his friends, and I made a specific request. I said, you got to put BC Saskatchewan on. Sure enough, they put it on the TV, and there comes Nathan Rourke. And I'm like, oh, my God, well, sorry, I got I to gotta zero in on this game now. So I watched good first half of that one uh, sitting there before I went back home. But, uh, you know... There was a, a lot of viewers, but also a lot of penalties this week. And what can you expect? Like, you're not going to get anything else after not playing for two years. Uh, some penalties much more costly than others. They all come in different shapes, form, and sizes. But a lot of penalties, which we expected, it's going to get cleaned up just as guys get more familiar and back into the swing of things. Yeah, there were a lot. And this is one of the things that Bo Levi Mitchell said in the Calgary media availability is, you need to focus on getting these young guys locked in on the penalty rules. He said the Canadian game is different. The rules are different. So getting these young guys locked in on the penalties is crucial because turnovers, penalties, and special teams are what decide a lot of football games. And, you know, he was right, especially for Calgary. Kadeem Carey. We're getting there. Don't, end of don't, the game. I mean, Don't talk too much about <laughs> it. We're going to get there. Oh, dude. Uh, you we just talk, can't do that. One of the penalties that I want to talk about, though, is Brandon Banks. I mean, we yes. saw him get the unsportsmanlike conduct for – tossing the ball at a player. And yes, I'm doing air quotes around that. It was very obvious. He was just lobbing it back to the ref. Yeah. Guy walked in front and got hit by the ball. Ref drew the flag. And Brandon Banks was adamant about trying to fight it. Luckily, Jeremiah Masoli pulled him away before you can get another flag for that. But um, to me, like, when you're a referee, there's got to be intent. When you're throwing that in sports and like for that someone tossing a ball, it has to be intent. Like, I'm not purposely trying to hit a DB from Winnipeg with a ball. When I see you and I go, here, sir, here's the ball, and someone walks in front, like, that's that's such an awful way to lose 15 yards on a player. I mean, it, it's so tough. 
And it like is. there was James Wilder Jr. did the he actually had intent during the Elks and Red Blocks games. Okay, call that one. Yep. But on Brandon Banks, like you are the ref that you threw the flag. You know he's looking at you trying to toss you the ball. Why why would you flag him for that? No, I agree. I don't I didn't <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Unfortunately, it's not one of these things that can be reviewed either because when they went to the replay on it, it was clear that Brandon Banks was flipping the ball back to the ref, caught the Winnipeg guy. Obviously, if you're the ref too, like maybe the ref wasn't looking. He was looking downfield at something, saw saw a Winnipeg guy walk by and saw the ball hit him in the face. Yes, I understand that if you catch it out of the corner of your eye, you think he's taunting, you throw the flag, but on the replay, it was clear it was absolutely clear that Brandon Banks was just trying to get the ball back to the referee. Um, the other one we will get to it was bad, though. You just you can't turn around and celebrate and toss the ball back at a player. One specific penalty, though, that was not called that I don't know. Like I, I was questionable on this one. The helmet-to-helmet hit on Cody Fajardo, what do you make of that one? I thought it should have been called. Yes, it's one of these bang-bang plays, but the DB needs to realize he got lucky he needs to realize that he cannot come in shoulder down when Cody Fajardo is wrapped and going to the ground yeah guys just have to be careful like when you're finishing hits like if you see the guys wrapped and falling just you don't need to dive in I don't I don't care if you're going head first shoulder like you see he's going down you're not gonna like yes you can try and jar a fumble but if it's a quarterback more times than not you're going to get a flag instead. Like, If you feel the need to do that, escort him to the ground. Don't come in with your shoulder. Come in and kind of help and wrap. If you still want to force the fumble and you see he's going down, then throw a haymaker into the ball. Like, You don't need to lay your whole body into it to try and jar it loose. You can do it much more precisely by throwing hand at it. Like, I don't know. It's uh, It should have been called and he got lucky. That's what I'll say on that one. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a call that I mean, we see it in the NFL too. Like they, they're trying to protect these players because if the quarterbacks are on the field, we have a better product. I mean, look at Ottawa, like look at Ottawa and Edmonton. The quarterbacks played very poorly, and I'm saying very for both sides. I don't care who won, how you won. Quarterbacks were awful in that game, and as a result, I mean. You didn't have a great game. You won it on a defensive play, and then Trevor Harris turned it up for the last-minute drive and attempt, but it certainly doesn't bode well when you have quarterbacks injured for your product on field. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go one big thing, though, from each game. We're going to start kickoff, Winnipeg-Hamilton. Uh, I think we speak. I speak for both of us on this one. Brady Oliveira. Okay, let's talk about this. Guy got drafted from North Dakota. Same high school as Andrew Harris. Grew up watching and idolizing the man that he now is second string to. Andrew Harris is not playing. Brady Oliveira says, nah, I got you guys. Puts the team on his damn back. Wow. What a start for the kid. I just want to say, first off, before we dive into this, I told everybody to put him in their lineup. I told you all to put him in your fantasy football lineups. But did you? Yes. Yes, I did. There and I go. benefited from the yardage that he was able to accumulate. He had like 140 total yards in the game, man. He was a stud. He looked like an absolute workhorse. And to me, yes, Winnipeg won the game, but now they realize that they can sit and wait and let Andrew Harris get fully healthy 
you have a workhorse back. You don't need to rush Andrew Harris back onto the field. Yeah, no, I was I was thrilled to see Oliveira take this big step. I know they have Johnny Augustine. They like Johnny Augustine. But let's not kid ourselves. Getting a guy in his first year to have a performance that you've been waiting to get from other players other than Andrew Harris, I mean, let's go. And now that you see Andrew Harris is in the later ages of his career, we're not saying he's declining because Lord knows he's going to run for ungodly amounts of yards per game. But you have comfort in knowing that, you know, if Andrew Harris all of a sudden at the end of this year goes, you know what, I'm just not feeling it, I'm done, I'm walking away, thank you so much, Winnipeg, you have Brady Oliveira sitting right there and you go, all right, we don't have to address running back. Maybe we'll pick up a guy late in the draft to bring into camp, but, you know, we've got our guy. And you're, you're set for so many more years down the road, and because he's that local product, you might get that hometown discount that teams look for in second contracts. No, I agree. You you now know what you have, and you now know what you're capable of doing with your roster. Um, I mean, I thought I thought Kenny Lawler looked amazing as well with that two touchdown performance. Zach Caleros, you know, given the time that he's had off, looked pretty good as well. I've never questioned Zach Caleros' play. No, it's not at all. It's always just how durability. Long, how long do we get him in a year? So for week one, oh my god, like you couldn't touch him, and it's the same. It's the same half spin out of the pocket that Tony Romo used to live on. But he does it to the front side, whereas Tony Romo used to go to the back side. yeah. And because he opens himself up to the front side, he, he's easily able to set and throw back across his body. And it just keeps defenses on their toes. I mean, Stribling was all over the place. Like, I, I had a buddy text me during the game. Holy hell, I guess DB coaches don't stop working on scramble rules, eh? Like, it was bad. Like, as soon yes. as players would break the pocket, you'd see someone just streaking free. Like, all scramble rules were just gone to the wind. Nobody picks up a man. But, uh, no, and for Hamilton, I mean, the O-line, they need Chris Van Zyl, and they need need time to gel. Yep. Masoli, I wasn't worried. Him and Acklin and Banks, they they were moving. I mean, Masoli, that early on, he had one ball. I think he, like, rolled out and just lobbed a corner to Brandon Banks on the sideline. There's, There's not that many people in the CFL that can make that kind of throw that effortless. Can we talk about that first drive too? Because I mean that if if that Hamilton could have stuck around for the entire game, it's, it's a completely a different game, story. So they didn't stick around. Five for five, 84 yards and a touchdown. I mean that that first drive, I was like, oh my God, Hamilton is going to run wow. the show here. But then like the young offensive line, they needed, like you're saying, they need more time they to need gel live and bullets. develop. But they need live bullets. That's, yes. that's all it comes down to. But I would like to see Jeremiah Masoli hit more than 50% of his passes. I know he's got a young offensive line and they got to start gelling. They also played against Willie Jefferson. Yes. There was and not a lot of time to throw the ball. stacked Winnipeg defense. Like we, we talk about the Ticats like they should have rolled through everyone. But let's not forget this is the defending Grey Cup champions. Let's no, I agree. Let's not forget how loaded their defense is. So for Masoli, like, they haven't played I'm, a game in two years. First game back from a knee tear, like, he will, he will get the percentage up. I hear what you're saying. It's going to come. Give it a week or two. You'll see the uptake starting to go. Then he's going to get Posey. He's going to get Addison back. And it's, it's going to take off. And time in the pocket is going to help that as well. I mean, as these young guys start to develop and see more of the CFL game and the stunts and fronts that they're going to run, Masoli will have more time to throw the ball. I'm just saying, if you want to beat the defending Grey Cup champions, you've got to be over 50%. I get that it's week one, but now I'm going to be looking to see can he steadily increase the percentage of balls he's completing. 
I think he'll be able to, um, but that's just if I'm being nitpicky, that's just one of my things. Moving to uh, the BC Saskatchewan game, we're skipping BC. We're getting there. We're we'll not talk about BC. Saskatchewan. We'll talk. We'll talk Sask. But we we will get to BC because you know we're going to be all over Nathan Rourke. We have a whole segment blocked out for that, so we're not going to take the up biggest, too much. The biggest segment, if we can get there. So we got to we got to steam through here. Saskatchewan. What were your thoughts? I mean, I thought they looked great in the first half of the game. Yeah, you need to be able to sustain that lead, man. Like. Jeez. I mean, it's tough when you're going quarterback to quarterback to kind of get a feel. But at the same time, the quarterback they went to couldn't grab a ball. Yes. I mean, I don't think he threw a single tight spiral all game. Michael Riley did. So for Saskatchewan, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, well, maybe we need to get the run game going. I, I hold my breath every time Cody Fajardo takes off running because you know that he's going to try and maximize every single millimeter of space he can get and that means a lot of the times he's going head first into the pile and I go oh please don't be hurt please just get up but no I, I thought they looked great the run game looked solid early on Albert Awachi uh Albert Awachi the fullback for Saskatchewan had a huge clear out on that opening rushing touchdown yes they ran an iso into the middle Albert put the linebacker down like put him in the grave underneath mosaic and just let the running back go, get the seam on the outside, and take it in for the touchdown. Great block by him. Uh, but then we turn around and Cody Fajardo, Braden Linnaeus, just oh. Braden Linnaeus, Shaq Evans, Kyran Moore, just feeding them targets. Picton, feeding them targets. Picton even had some good grabs along the sideline. He did. I mean, to me, the the thing that Saskatchewan's going to definitely benefit from is the ability they have to spread the ball around to different assets. It's going to be the same with Toronto, too. We're getting there. They had an unbelievable showing. Well, even Jordan Williams-Lambert, man, he was he had six receptions for 49 yards. Like, he was even a factor in that game as well. So that's four, four wide receivers that they're distributing the ball to all over the field. But one point in the second half, that needs to improve. The defense for what we thought it might look like coming off all those injuries. And that just might be Coach Campbell making that yes. bit of adjustments. And Coach Moss not really making that good of an adjustment on the offensive end. So that'll come with time, though, too, right? Like, we talk about the players being out of the game. Coaches haven't had to make halftime adjustments since in two in years. In two years. So. so it's definitely a great showing for them. Uh, BC will get to, but let's yeah. go to the Argos, the big game that everyone was looking forward to. Calgary, what's going on? Kadeem Carey, I, I, this is what killed me, was Kadeem Carey's costly mistakes. Yes, the I fumble. Mean, they, had, they had a good lead. Calgary had a good lead, and they were moving. They had momentum. He goes out, fumbles. Which, okay, okay fine. Like, fine, I'm fine with everyone, that. That was a good play. That was a nice strip by Charleston Hughes. Everyone gets their mistakes. I get that. Next drive, you come out. Offense, still rolling. It looks like they've put it behind them. They're going to just keep taking down the line. You redeem the fumble with that phenomenal run. And then after the play... You turn around and you throw the ball at somebody. You saw Brandon Banks get flagged for this unintentionally on the Thursday night game. You have to recognize that and go, okay, these refs are going to call this tight. I can't get called for taunting here because Brandon Banks did it not on purpose. It doesn't even matter about Brandon Banks... 
No, but I'm just saying. Because we don't, don't know if he throw watched the game. Balls at, you you have played professional football. Kadeem yes. Carey has been in the NFL. You do it there, it's still a damn penalty. So for you, it's like, okay, I have this nice run. Let's get up. Go back to the huddle. Celebrate with your offensive lineman. Don't flip a ball at a defender because, let's be real, you're just making it worse for your offense. Sure enough, drive stalls out. Toronto comes back on. Down they go. They take the lead. It completely killed all momentum Calgary had built up to that point. Toronto turns around, wins the game because, you know what, they march down the field, score. Now they're juiced because they've got the lead. And the game ended in Toronto's favor. So that was a – as good a day as Kadeem Carey had, and he did have a good game running the ball. I thought he ran the ball very well throughout the game. Same with milanovic Litre. I thought the two of them had a great combo going throughout the game. Uh, it really kept the Argos on their toes. So uh, for them, I mean, you just got to keep rolling, right? Like, yeah, you can't stall your own momentum and drives. Uh, Toronto, though. That wide receiver room is all oh, that it was hyped stacked. up to be. Stacked. They looked so good. Think about how big they are too, right? And they use that size. They have Juwan Breskison. They have Eric Rogers. I mean, let's talk about that Eric Rogers two point convert because that alone. What a play! Like that is big boy, no little boy, as Mark Ingram would say. I mean, that was him going up, snatching the ball, and then saying, "Hey, I'm keeping it out here. Try and take it from me." Well, and Eric Rodgers, too, the thing that he did beyond that, like to get to the point where they were able to go to the two-point convert, Eric Rodgers made a phenomenal block in the backfield to free up space for McLeod Bethel-Thompson to rip that ball downfield to Curly Gittins Jr. Eric Rodgers kind of stayed home, read the coverage like a running back almost, and then picked off the incoming defender. And McLeod Bethel-Thompson was able to launch that ball downfield for the touchdown grab. So Eric Rodgers, man, like he was impressive in game one for the Toronto Argonauts. All right, a couple quick OUA shout-outs. Pete Nicastro started at left guard. Kudos. Curly Gittins, nice touchdown. Oh, he's gonna great be, route. He's going to be great for the Argos That this was year. such a clean break. And then break out your cowboy hats, Dino fans, because Charlie Moore is back. After being what? injured in the Vanier oh. Cup, he comes out, blocks a punt, recovers the fumble on the punt. Oh, yeah, Charlie Moore Huge is play. back. That was a great play. He looked fantastic on the field. I was out um, of my seat. Him and Grant McDonald were flying around on special teams. Great way to start off their rookie careers as well. Uh, let's go to Edmonton. What? Here's my big thing. What the hell, Trevor Harris? Let's not mince words here. You got a flat row. I understand you're pressured. You throw it down and away. Okay? All you're expecting is your receiver to catch it and fall over for a loss, or the ball's going to pop up, or you're going to ground it to them. But if you're going to ground it to them, don't make it that close. You can blame uh, Shy Ross for bobbling it, but to me, a veteran quarterback does not throw that ball down and away. Nathan Rourke throws the out route down and away because he's a rookie quarterback, and he goes, okay, damn, I can't do that here. Veteran quarterback, Grey Cup winning quarterback, you know. You know you can't do that. Second pick, you've got cover two against a rangy safety. And you're not going to try and push your guy out or you're not going to throw him back shoulders so that he has to travel even further to make a play on the ball. Instead, you're just going to say, I've got the arm strength. I'm beating this guy. Like, you know it's cover two. You know what you've got. You're deciding to throw the seam ball. You don't just throw it up there not knowing the coverage. And you just fail to put the ball in a place to succeed. And then the third pick. 
the commentators made a statement about, oh, well, why is the fullback running that route? Why is Trevor Harris throwing to the fullback? I don't mind that. I don't mind throwing to the fullback. I don't mind the fullback running the, in the crosser as a trail on a flood play. Especially in this league where fullbacks are asked to do so much. Like, think, think about this. Nikola Kalinic would run that kind of route for Hamilton. But you can't ask him to lay out. You can ask Nikola Klinic, but Sorry, you, yes. you know as Trevor Harris, you can't ask your fullback to lay out and make a diving catch like that. Especially when you see coverage and you know someone's going to be there. Don't put it out in front of him to die. Like to me it's just it's just a bad ball placement. And he set he set for that throw too. It's not like he was an off balance throw. He set and lasered that thing in there. It was a great height, but you're making your fullback try and dive for a deep catch, like that's to me the three picks were just so uncharacteristic like, of Trevor Harris. Yes, uh, as for Ottawa though, first win seven hundred thirty six days. Uh, Matt Nichols though, that shoulder did not look good. Seventy one yards. I think it's like the lowest yardage total in the last thirty years for a winning quarterback in the CFL. Like that's bad. He couldn't do anything against the Edmonton defense, and that defense looked damn good. Him and Michael Riley looked... Uh, Questionable. Yeah, it looked like they could have used a couple weeks off. And again, like, is this, and I think it is, but is this just a product of not having played since 2019? Like, I think there's a lot of... But he he's had shoulder problems all camp. He has. He's been questionable and limited through practice with this shoulder stuff. So, I don't know. If you're, if you're Ottawa, you got to get Matt Nichols figured out and get Matt Nichols figured out quick because you brought him in to be your starting quarterback. Yes, they got the win, but he only threw 71 yards. But Ottawa did sort of start to figure out what the hell is going on with this wide receiver room just before we move on to Nathan Rourke talk. Ryan Davis looked like a great option for this Ottawa Red Blacks offense. Some potential fantasy Nah, that cash that cash value is going to skyrocket. This I don't. Week. It was six six receptions for about thirty six yards. Uh, I mean, he was well, getting I mean, target that, share, but that's like what half of half of yeah half, half of, of Nichols's total. <laughs> but he was I mean, getting target share, so I think sound like much until you see what the quarterback did, and then you go, oh, uh, yeah, about that. <laughs> it was half of his. Yeah, I mean, you. But yes, Ryan Davis definitely in uh, a position or a player to keep your eye on for fantasy value. If that total is Brady Oliveira three thousand dollar low, and you can turn a fourteen point game out of that, we assumed Michael Riley would be starting off the opening drive for the BC Lions, but no, it's the rookie, the backup Nathan Rourke. Glenn, talk about being thrown into the fire right away. All right, let's go Nathan Rourke talk. It's not that he is the Canadian rookie quarterback. It's not that he is the beacon of hope now. I mean, Michael Connor is still in the league. That's great. You're not starting week one for the BC Lions. You don't play that well without taking a snap before in the CFL. Two picks is two picks. The one clear rookie mistake thrown late and behind on an out route, you're asking for a pick. You're asking for trouble. Yeah. Second one, Marshall, Marshall Ferguson put it perfectly on Twitter. They've pressured you all game. You then go, okay, let's resort to quick game. You go to throw a quick game. And they're stunting one of their pass rushers out into coverage, and you're just you're just so worried about getting the ball out. Uh, it's just a I, small mistake, but they're trying to make a comeback last second. I'm not going to hold that against you because you're trying to force the ball in that situation. Yeah, I you, agree. You can't live another day that late in the game. 
No, so, I can live with the picks that that Nathan Rourke threw. It's funny we're we're sitting here grilling Trevor Harris for making rookie mistakes, but, but now that's the it's, that's the difference. Trevor, Trevor Harris, Harris is a is a nine year veteran in the yeah, CFL. He's not a rookie. Michael, <laughs> my, Nathan Rourke is out here starting his first ever game in Mosaic Stadium. But yeah, I can live with those two interceptions. Other than he's got that, a good old shoulder tap pregame. Hey, bud. By the way, it's you today. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I'm going. <laughs> Nick Marshall made a hell of a play as well yeah, yeah. On, on his interception. But I really thought BC, for BC, I've been saying this to you all week, BC won this game. Maybe not on the scoreboard, maybe not on the scoreboard, but they won in terms of realizing now what they have at the quarterback position. Because if it's not going to be Michael Riley, which I don't think it should be because you need to give him time to heal. Okay. How many times per- have I said this? How many times have I said this? Too many. Like, we don't have that long of a season. If he's questionable and you know that he can't grab a ball properly to throw a spiral, why are you playing him? No, I can't. And it wasn't agree. even them that sidelined him. It was Michael Riley himself. Let's talk about this. I'm going to cut you off. We'll get back to your point about, like, starting Nathan Rourke next week. But You have to. That's all. Uh, we don't even need to come back to it. No you more have to you start have to. Nathan Rourke next week. But for week. Michael Riley, let's talk about the situation because a lot of people came out and were very unimpressed. Because now that we have injury reports with the CFL, people are like, well, you falsified your report. What do you mean he's not starting? He okay. was questionable all week. He was questionable. He didn't throw a ball since Sunday. He had an MRI. There was an, an update MRI. on that. And you think that he was going to start. So did the coaching staff. So did the trainers. So did the front office. So did Michael Riley, for heck's sake. They all thought that Michael Riley was going to start. That's why he was listed number one on the death chart. Then sure enough, as he's warming up before the game, like right before the game, you know. Coach, I can't throw. Coach, I can't I can't do this right now. I, my arm's dying. And it was evident when he was trying to throw some of those deep balls too. Well, we'll get there because after halftime, all of a sudden people are like, well, why are, you, why are you throwing him in now when the game's out of reach? Because he came back out of the halftime after getting another shot of something in his arm and going, I think I can all go. Right, I, can, I can try and go. And then it turned out, after he threw duck upon duck and air ball after air ball and anything he tried to put steam on, he threw short and into the ground. It became evident. <laughs> yeah, maybe this wasn't a good choice to go. My arm is killing. Let's put the kid back in. So we draw it back to Connor's situation now. you got to start Nathan Rourke. You have to, and especially after the performance that he had. I mean, he was a little tight and a little nervous early, but who wouldn't be in that situation? I mean, he still goes 10 for 18 for almost 200 yards and two touchdowns. Yes, he had those two interceptions that we were talking about, but we can live with those. I think he's going to bounce back. They come back with Calgary, who that's a tough secondary to throw against. It is. It will be a tough secondary to but throw he's, against. He's, but If you go with him now, you give the kid the confidence. You don't have to release it to the media. You can keep saying Michael Riley's questionable, but when yeah. you put your death chart out all of a sudden, let's say Nathan Rourke. Give the kid the full confidence. Let him know all week, you are the guy. You are it. And you know what? Maybe we don't even let Michael Riley dress. Your boy Shea Patterson might get a first dress of the year. No. Uh, it's just about Michael Riley. No I matter know. what happens in the game, he's not going to be stressing the arm. Because if Nathan Rourke gets hurt, then you'd be putting a Mike Riley back in that's injured. And then what's the point in resting him if he has to play, right? So uh, for me, I'd, I'd deactivate him. I, like I'd, I'd let him sit for a couple of games because it's clear something's wrong. Uh, Rourke's initial outing, though, we didn't give you guys the full stat line. 10 of 18, 194, two touchdowns, two picks. 
One of those touchdowns came on a big 70-yard ball to Lucky Whitehead. Well, you know, Nick Marshall, after that pick, he did not look that great. I mean, that touchdown to Lucky Whitehead, Nick Marshall, you can see it in the replay. They pointed it out on the replay. His feet stuck. He's staring in the backfield. Yep. He's looking for the flag bearer to be waving the checkered flag over the top saying, all right, guys, bring her home. Last lot. Like, come on. At a, at a, as a veteran DB like that, you're going to take that big of a peek against a guy you know in Lucky, Lucky Whitehead is that fast. Like, come on. But Nathan Rourke, I mean, that was a great first touchdown. And then he just turned it on in the second half once he got back. It felt like he got more comfortable, and it felt like BC got more comfortable with Nathan Rourke. They took the reins off of him a little bit. And once they did that, I mean, he was throwing with pace. He was spotting the ball nicely. He was reading the coverage really, really well, I thought, for a rookie quarterback. I I thought so, too, especially a rookie quarterback who played in the States his entire collegiate career. I mean, The defenses are different. Yeah, they are. I mean, you don't – I know we saw Abdul Kanag at – pick off of a cover two but you don't see a whole lot of true outright cover twos in the cfl and in canadian football there's just a lot of show a lot of too high roll down to one high i mean you have six dbs on the field or it's a too high with uh some corners that are going to carry the outsides for you so that you're not getting your safeties running all the way to the sidelines but uh a lot of match too goes goes in there so i mean yeah so it's it's tough right and i mean with nathan rourke let's talk about the touchdown to brian burnham Oh, my oh goodness. My. What a throw. You want to talk about a dime. I mean, That might have been the in, nicest throw on the week. It, it, it very well could have been. Uh, honestly, the Jalen Acklin touchdown. That was a nice Missouri, ball, too. That was a, that was a dime. The Eric Rodgers two-point convert. Like, yes, Eric Rodgers made a hell of a play. I was going to say, I, like, I'm giving credit to Eric Rodgers on that one. But for McLeod Bethel-Thompson, a, a back shoulder fade like that, that tight to the Reds or to the goal line, like that's a perfect pass. Like You have to be spot on the money for that. So, yes. Uh, It's in there in the top five, though, for sure, on the weekend. But let's talk rush in your face. You're throwing a wide side corner, and you just put it on the spot. On the rope, on the money, outside coverage, right into Burnham's hands where only he can get it, and you know that Brian Burnham's coming down with the catch. I think Nathan Rourke started to pick that up as the game went on. Like, oh, hey, if I throw to this Burnham guy, like, Nobody else is touching the ball. <laughs> so if I can lob one up to 1-6, I likely am going to get it complete. Okay, I think I'm going to roll with that. Yeah, Let's, like BC just, Lions football 101. Where is Brian Burnham? Throw <laughs> Brian Burnham the ball. See results. Repeat. There we go. Uh, no, but let's let's talk about this. Hot take Tuesday. Ready for this? I'm, I'm completely kidding when I say this. So do not, and please just use your brains. BC Lions should trade Michael Riley right now. No, I'm oh of course gosh. I am kidding. Of course I am kidding. But at the end of this year, say Nathan Rourke plays five games. And in those five games, you're like, oh, you know, like, this is damn good. And if we get rid of Riley after this year, we can get some assets or we can get a lot of cap space in return. What what prevents them from moving on to the kid? If you know he's your future, why hold on to the past? Right? I mean like Justin Herbert, we're going to keep drawing this parallel to Justin Herbert because the situations were eerily similar for their first games. Last minute start, you come in, you ball out, and now you've and got you your just, team you going. You just hmm. lose against the top, yes. a top team in your conference. Yeah. So for Nathan Rourke like, and for Justin Herbert, like it was, okay, he's playing this well. Tyrod Taylor's healthy, but like, why would we go back when we have this guy – who we know is the future. He is our next 10 years. 
why would we go back away from him? Like, that kind of doesn't make sense. And for Michael Riley, you might go back because we know how good he truly is, and he's a future Hall of Famer, so it's different than Tyrod Taylor. But, like, at the end of the year, I'm sitting here looking at Nathan Rourke, and I'm sitting here looking at Michael Riley, and I'm like, okay, well, one guy's been injured a ton. One guy's old. One guy is not hurt on a rookie contract. Canadian kids so we can have extra marketing value and free up an international spot on our roster somewhere else. Like, how enticing is that to just trade and go and commit to your young QB? Well, and especially if you know you can get value back on Michael Riley, because let's, like you said, let's not get it twisted here. He is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league when he's able to throw the ball, but that shoulder and elbow are really scaring me right now. I mean, the throws that he was trying to make were not great, especially the one the one corner to the sideline. Yeah, like, to Lamar just, Durant. That oh one my. hung and hung and hung. And, I mean, he was open out of the break, but by the time the ball was finally able to get there after, I mean, it was like a Canadian goose migrating across the border here <laughs> and flying north. Um, he couldn't throw the ball with pace. No, he couldn't. He really couldn't. And it, it's so worrying because if they don't give him the proper time to heal, maybe it never does. Yeah, no, I totally so, agree. I mean, where do they go from here? Rourke has to start week two. Rourke, yeah, you have to week three. You have to start Rourke week, week two. Week three, start phasing Riley back in, depending on how he feels. Week four, maybe you go with Riley again, but I'd I'd still be hesitant to put him in the line of fire until I know that he can throw a ball. Like, well, if my question here is if Rourke comes out in week two and has another, I don't know, let's say he bumps these stats up a little go, bit. Let's, let's go two fifty and three. With one pick, because I, I don't think he'd throw that second pick again. Or the no, first I think pick he again. learns I don't think he from that and moves on. Again. I agree. But let's say three touchdowns, one pick, because he threw two without playing a big chunk of the game in the second half, right? And the first quarter, he was still getting his feet wet in Canadian football. So let's go 250, three, pick, uh, three TDs, one pick. What do you do? Yeah, like if he comes out and they win the game again, if they go win the game against Calgary, oh, he has win, a good then game. Then what do you do with Nathan Rourke? Because he's going to start getting mojo, and you can see the guys are are really appreciative. I mean, when he was on the bench, I mean, Andrew Pearson was right there, helping him every single step of the way. And I mean, they're closely working together on the second team throughout the week. So, I like where do you go? I I, I want to see Rourke one more for sure, two more. I I would definitely do it, but I don't know what BC's thinking. Three more, that's when I start to throw it up. At week four, I'm like, okay, what's the deal with Riley's elbow? What's the deal with the shoulder? What's the deal with the throwing arm? Like, maybe he has to retweak his throwing motion, but that's tough to do midseason, right? It is. It's really tough to do. And to the Calgary thing, like, if he goes out and rolls the Calgary and rolls this Calgary team, I mean, McLeod Bethel Thompson had 350 yards against Calgary. So there's opportunity there for Rourke to come out and sling the ball around, especially with, you know, I mean, Toronto had a hell of a wide receiver room and moved the ball all through the air. Part of that is Ryan Dinwiddie's scheming. We didn't touch on that. It was incredible. But Nathan Rourke, similar situation, a pile of talent at the wide receiver position in BC. So I don't know. If, if For me, if he comes out and has a, a, another game in week two here and then builds on that in week three, you just roll Nathan Rourke. All right, let's move on. Last segment here. We are bringing it back. We did our Canadian of the Week for the NFL. We're going to keep it in the CFL for this year until the NFL starts, and then it's a free-for-all. 
if you are Chris Treveller and for somehow you get in the game for Kyler Murray and you throw for three touchdowns, you might get it over maybe a Curly Gittens who has 150 in a tub. Like, so it's going to be free-for-all once we get to the NFL season. But for now, we have the All-Canadian of the Week, and then we're going to have the Player of the Week as well in the CFL. That one's going to be a CFL exclusive. So Player of the Week, we're going to start with it. Abdul Kenna, two picks. Range, the pick six as well. The only touchdown scored in the game, which ended up being the game winner. That awesome photo afterwards, the fireworks, and the game-winning tackle. That game-winning stop. So I thought he played lights out. Like he, the dreads were flowing. The picks were raking them in. Got a touchdown. First defensive one of the year, two in the CFL. So uh, Abdul Kenna, what a game for him. And that was a secondary that, you know, we had some questions about. Big questions, big concerns. But Abdul Kenna, certainly not a question. We no, had some questions about other areas on that defense still, yeah. but uh, he, he is by far one of the top DBs in the league. Absolute playmaker. Had a hell of a game. The two picks is impressive in itself. To house one for the only touchdown of the game and then to turn around and make a game-winning tackle, I think uh, it's it's deserved for him. He had a hell of a day. Honorable mention, James Wilder Jr., he looked outstanding oh in his God. debut, man. 15 carries, just shy of 100 yards. He ended up with 89. And then he had nine catches on the day for 72 receiving yards as well. We had questions about James Wilder Jr. coming into the season as well, and he answered them, answered them in week one. He I looks ready have, to roll. I still have one question about James Wilder Jr. What's that? How much Vaseline was he covering his arms and his legs in for this game because guys were just sliding, sliding off him right off like dude he looked strong one to two tacklers per play would just hit and slide and you needed two guys out at the same time even try to hang him in so James Wilder Jr. the crop top looked mean the visor looked mean he looked he looked ready to rock this year he's zoned in and honestly if I'm Edmonton I'm gonna be like they went under center a couple plays and just said, "Let's go, James JWJ. Like let's let's rock, let's ride." Oh, I, depending on who you're playing, you just run your offense through James Wilder Jr. I, I think you absolutely can. I mean, he's gonna get, I mean, 15 for 89. I mean, that's well over five yards of carry. I I don't want to make this comp too early, but I think you you can do it because there's similarities. I mean, they can Edmonton now can almost just do the Winnipeg thing because their defense is so damn good. We just Andrew Harris sit and let it ride on defense. Yeah, I mean, why not? But at the same time, you have like Darrell Tavon, Walker, Tavon, Tavon Smith didn't. I don't think he played very much on the offense at all. No, I mean you have Shy Ross, Darrell Walker, Greg Ellingson. I mean, those guys. Armani looked, Edwards too. Armani Edwards. I mean, Shy Ross looked great for his first outing. They're going to use him in so many different gadgets and plays. It's it's going to be phenomenal to see his athletic ability allow him to grow in the CFL. Yeah, barring the one play, which, again, wasn't really his fault, but still. It's such still... a tough job. It's such a tough you're, you're running out to the sideline. You're trying to get to that spot quick. You turn around, and all of a sudden, the ball's coming for your feet, and you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. I got I to get to this. But barring one play, Shy Ross had a great game. And, hey, he almost caught Abdul on that pick he six, did. too. He got up after missing the ball, and he almost caught him at the goal line. So it was close. Uh, but let's go Canadian Player of the Week, All-Canadian Player of the Week. This one's obvious, isn't it? We spent it's the whole freaking segment It's not Oliveira, but it's going to be Rourke. I mean, it's Rourke alone on the fact that he's a rookie Canadian QB starting week one. 
and he played well. Like he had the slow start, but he he turned it on when it mattered. He led them down the field for that Brian Burnham touchdown at the end to really give them a shot. I mean, he put them in a position to win a, that game, and uh, unfortunately he threw the second pick. But I, I just think it, he's all Canadian of the week, not only from the field aspect, but for the fact that he is a beacon of hope and guys can physically see him. Having that in week one, after a two-year hiatus from the CFL, you couldn't have asked for anything more. I, I, I was such a fan of him getting the start, especially for the injury reasons, but just to be able to see him in that prime spot in front of a sold-out mosaic come in and play, and he played well. To paraphrase, to paraphrase from one of my favorite movies of all time, Nathan Rourke is the hero the CFL deserves right now. Like he just it was an incredible game from him. He showed a lot like we were saying. I mean, what what more do you want us to say about him this week? I think we've kind of reached our end with talking about how excited we are for Nathan Rourke. Week 2 I'm really looking forward to see if he can build on, you know, a pretty impressive, pretty solid week 1. And I think, you know, just to close it out here, I I think that as BC starts to get more comfortable with Nathan Rourke being the number one guy and being under center, we're going to see them open up a little bit more and we're going to see Nathan Rourke continue to grow. It's just going to be it's just going to be a matter of, you know, the coaching staff starting to trust Nathan Rourke and getting comfortable with him, but I think that time is going to come and we're really going to see him unleash some stuff soon. And that closes out today's episode. If you missed it, go back and check out Martian Mello now on Mondays where they go through each game. They spent quite a bit of time talking about their basement cats uh, as they have so titled the YouTube post and I believe the episode. But as always, you know where to find us, at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill, at CF Perspective. And are you geared up for game day? If, if not, head over to fox40shop.com for Fox 40 gear, whistles, and coaching boards. Use the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off your order. And why not close out week one and enter week two with a fresh beer from Sada City Brewing Company who offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This August, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code Use CFL during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age. That's it. We're out. Nathan Rourke had a day. We are super excited for the games this weekend. We will be back on Thursday teeing up the games. Connor's covers hopefully makes a comeback from just a dismal week one. We're going to be hitting some fantasy stuff oh, yeah, as well. Wade's wagers can get replaced with a, uh, a value pick. Or Wade's two. winners? Is it going to be Wade's winners now? Uh, no, we might have to find a different catchy name for it. But, we'll uh, come up we with got something. A, we got a couple days to brainstorm that one. Uh, as always, though, thank you guys so much for tuning in. What a great opening week to the CFL. We'll check in with you guys again on Thursday.